Welcome to Greensburg Baptist Church. We welcome our church family and also our visiting friends. Thank you for coming to worship with us. To find out more about Greensburg Baptist Church, our upcoming events, and other church activities, visit our website anytime at greensburgbaptist.com. We began week one with... um, Am I on? Yeah. Yeah. We began week one with... There we go. Okay, awesome. Sorry. So um, the first week we, we kind of shared in this kind of three-part little mini-series here as we came to Christmas. And kind of my thought was is, is how does Christ coming impact our daily living? And the week one we dealt with pressure and the fact that we heard like the angel's words to Mary and the son that will be born to you, his name will be Jesus, and he will be great, right? And we talked about the fact that we all feel pressure Right to be great, but God alone is great, and since God alone is great, let's let Him define greatness. And ultimately, we saw that God defines greatness, or Christ defines greatness as serving, as laying our lives down. And then we came to week two last week, and we talked about fear, and specifically the fear of death, and how Jesus came. Right, that He became flesh, and the fact that He became flesh and died on the cross means that He was the one who came to deliver us from Satan who had the power over death and to deliver us from lifelong bondage to the fear of death. And now this week, the third week, we come to another issue I think that we often face and specifically around this time of year, anxiety or worry. Right? And my assumption is, is maybe if you were anything like me as a kid, you grew up, you had some anxieties or worries at Christmas, right? I mean, some of you had to worry, were you on the naughty or the nice list? Come on, right? You had to worry that, right? I mean, you, you wondered, have I been good enough this year, right? What's the level of grace that's going to be given for this gift, right? I mean, we, we were in desperate need of that. You, you had those moments. And, and listen, though, as we grow up, I mean, it looks different, right? As adults, some of you are wondering, did we get enough things, right? Did we get too much, right? I mean, did we get something like that, that they actually need? And, and you're worried now, like, can we get to all the places we need to go? And then some of you got worries because you're worried that somebody's going to show up with a gift that... You didn't get them a gift for it. So you're going to have to make up one of those statements. Oh, I'm sorry. We left your gift at the house. Right? I mean, right. You're already having anxiety, worries over all of these different things. My assumption is, though, the reality is that many of us have much deeper anxieties and worries than those. You may have anxieties and worries over money and it's money of how you're going to provide for your kids or maybe for your aging parents. Some of you have anxiety or worry because you are alone or you're terrified that you will soon be alone. Some of you, your worries revolve around the fact, will Louisville beat Kentucky next weekend, right? Some of you are worried, will you find the right spouse? Will your children find the right spouse? Will your grandchildren find the right spouse? Some of you are worried and have anxiety over the fact, will we ever have children? What's this look like? Is adoption or what's God doing there? Others of you are terrified about the anxiety or worry that you may soon lose a spouse or a child or a family member or maybe that anxiety of what took place just keeps coming back. This morning I want us to have an opportunity in the midst of Christ's coming to lean in to Him and to realize that anxiety or your worry is really an opportunity to trust in Him. That Listen, there are all of us have things that are colliding with our lives. And I just want to encourage you today to realize that God is the ultimate mountain. Right? Like, I mean, He's the one that's secure. He's the one that remains the same yesterday, today, and forever. And 
the things that you and I are dealing with, let's be honest, many of the things that cause us anxiety or worry, I mean, they're more like clouds like that are here and like they're gone before we even know it. And like we're worrying about things that never even come to pass. That doesn't mean, again, that some of you don't have things that aren't real, right? I mean, there are some things that are real for, for real anxiety. They, they create real worry. You are facing some for real storms. And listen, they show up and some storms staying around longer than others. And those clouds just seem to follow you like Eeyore, right? Like it's always raining. But I want to remind you that no matter what you're facing, that even that, no matter what it may be in this life, is still temporary and that there is something that's eternal. There is a king coming and his kingdom, we're going to hear today, is a kingdom that will never end. I want you today to be able to leave hoping in that. Trusting that the anxiety and worry that you feel that there is someone who has come to meet that and to overcome it. So look at me, you would, beginning in Luke chapter 1. The angel Gabriel shows up and the text records that he tells her, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. And look what happens immediately, verse 29. Right? Most of us think, oh man, I would love if God would just show up and say something in my situation. But look what even happens here. But she was greatly what? She's greatly troubled at the saying that tried to discern what sort of greeting might this be. And the angel said to her, do not what? Be afraid. Right? What about you? I mean, it kind of sounds like some of the things that we deal with, right? I mean, her situation undeniably is unique. But still, the fact is Mary's greatly troubled and she's dealing with some type of fear. There's anxiety. There's worry here. Like, what's God doing? What's happening in this moment of life? And so I want us to see just for a moment to kind of set the stage of what does God do for Mary in the midst of being greatly troubled and dealing with fear? What he says, do not be afraid, Mary, for, and then I think he lays out some truth. Here's the reason why, Mary, I want to encourage you with the anxiety, the worry of what you've just heard and what's going on. Look what he says to her first. First, Mary, you have found favor with God. There's grace, there's kindness, Mary. Right, I mean, I want you to hear that. You found favor with God and you say, Blake, what does God's kindness look like to me? What is God's kindness in my life for the midst of the anxiety or the worries I have? Look what he says, verse 31. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. The ultimate favor with God is through his son, Jesus. And look what he says. And he will be called great. And that's how we deal with the, the, the idea of pressure. He's the one that's great. And will be called Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. There's a kingdom that will not end. And listen, this idea of the, of the fact that there's a kingdom that's coming, one that won't end, is what the prophets have been foretelling. Listen to what Isaiah says, right? In one of the more familiar passages that we studied it several months back, Isaiah 9, verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And he shall be called, what? Wonderful Counselor. Come on. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of the peace there will be no end. And on the throne and over his kingdom. To establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth. And what? Forevermore. There's the idea of this forever kingdom coming, this kingdom of perfect peace, right? 
Listen to what Daniel says in his vision. Daniel chapter 7. I saw in the night visions, and behold, with clouds, the heavens, there came one like a son of man. So he sees this, this idea of Jesus coming, right? This vision of Christ coming. And he comes to the ancients of days, and that's God the Father, and was presented before him. And to him, listen to what happens here. What this son of man, ultimately Jesus, look what he receives from God the Father. And he was given dominion and glory and a kingdom. That all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away. And his kingdom, one that shall not be destroyed. So when we hear here in Luke chapter 1 that his kingdom, there will be no end. This is what the prophets have been looking forward to. You can check places like Second Samuel 7, Genesis 17. There's certain passages right that look forward to this king and this kingdom that is coming. But what about the New Testament? Following Jesus' death, we hear about Joseph of Arimathea, that he was a respected ma- member of the council. Mark 15, verse 43, who was also himself looking for, what's he looking for? The kingdom of God. In Luke chapter 17, Jesus is talking to some Pharisees. And look what it says in verse 20. Being asked by the Pharisees, they want to know this, when the kingdom of God would come. And then he answers them this. It's a little interesting. The kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed. And he goes on to share some more. So maybe kind of presents for us what is the kingdom, right? I mean, if we're going to be after this idea today of Luke 1 and 33 and of his kingdom, there will be no end. Like, what is his kingdom? I think I think Psalm 103, 19 establishes well what is meant by the idea of God's kingdom. Listen to what it says. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom. What's his kingdom do? It rules over all. This kingdom will rule and reign over all. Now, God is ruling and reigning over all. But listen, we realize that rule, that reigning of God's kingdom has not come yet into its fullness. In fact, we hear a glimpse of this in Matthew chapter 10 of thinking, so what's it going to look like when God's kingdom truly comes? Like, like we, we know it's coming here now. Jesus said it's among you, right? The kingdom of heaven. Let's just listen to it. Matthew chapter 10, Jesus sends out the 12 disciples and he says, go and share the gospel. Look what he says, proclaim as you go, saying, look what they are to say, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And so the question is, so what might the kingdom of heaven look like? Listen to this, this is some great news. They're going to heal the sick. They're going to raise the dead. They're going to cleanse lepers and cast out demons. And just a brief moment, we hear a glimpse of what the kingdom of heaven is like. No more sickness, no more death, no more disease, and no more demons. That's the place where you want to be, right? There's no more sickness there. There's no more death there. There's no more disease there. There's no more demons. There's no work of Satan. There's no work of sin there. In a moment, right, Jesus gives us a glimpse. What is the kingdom of heaven? This is God's rule over all things. That ultimately in Christ, he has overcome the curse, right? And the curse results in all of these things. Disease and sickness and death. And the work of Satan is here. He says, listen, I want you to know that when the kingdom of heaven, it's, it's at work, it's coming. But in its fullness, it reigns over all things. It rules and reigns over all things. And so again, we hear that and think, great, that's awesome for what's coming. But listen, Blake, between the here and now, I still live in a place where people get sick. I still live in a place where people die. 
I live in a place, Blake, where there is disease. And listen, Emily was sharing this morning about, I think it was a volcano that erupted, a tsunami that had wiped out hundreds of people. I live in a place, Blake, where demons and Satan and our sinful flesh, man, we make all kinds of poor decisions and there is so much evil. So I want to answer today, how might we begin to seek this kingdom? And by saying that, let's ask the question or let's get after today. How might God's rule and reign, his kingdom come over my life and my family? And then how might that answer or deal with my anxiety or worry? So number one is this. Anxiety thinks too little about God and his kingdom. Jesus is going to tell us, we're going to turn and look at Luke chapter 12 today and kind of walk through Jesus dealing with some anxiety and people that were struggling with things. And one of the things Jesus is going to show us is is this, that anxiety thinks too little about God and his kingdom. Listen to what happens. Some folks are arguing and they're having a disagreement and saying, listen, Jesus, would you make some decisions about this? And it's over money and different things. Look what Jesus says to them, verse 15 of Luke 12. And he says to them, take care. And look what he says. Be on your guard against all covetousness. He says, listen, you've got to wage war on this because you and I all have a desire for things and the things of this world. And you would say, well, Jesus, why should we do that, right? Why why should we be on guard against? Look what he says, four. He says, listen, I want you to know, guys, here's why. Your life does not consist in the abundance of what? Your possessions. Life is not about things. Let's be honest, if we just took that right there just for a moment, most of us have worries and fears over all kinds of gifts and presents and different things that you're dealing with just right now. And what if just for a moment that anxiety and that worry was come and it came in submission to God and His kingdom? His rule and His reign over your gift giving and buying and going and doing and worrying and Black Friday and Cyber Monday and, and Green Thursday and Happy Tuesday and whatever else shows up, right? Listen, he says, guys, your life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. And I'll be honest with you, I'm struggling with that major. Like, I'm like, dude, I, God, I'm failing at the message I'm going to try to preach today. He's like, yeah, take this and eat, brother. So listen, I, I desperately need this message for my own soul. I told Brother Todd, I was like, man, listen, I, I, I need this so much for my own life. Life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Just listen, look what he says here. But God's, so I guess before we jump to verse 20. So the story then Jesus tells, he says, tells a little story of a farmer. And he says, listen, there was a guy who, man, he was doing really, really well. And everything was being blessed. And it says this guy came to the place where he was producing so much that he said, listen, my, 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 my barns that I have can't even contain all of my produce and all of, all of my, all the crop and everything that's bringing in. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tear those barns down and I'm going to build bigger barns. And Jesus is using this example of one who's consumed by the things of this life. And listen to what he says in verse 20 of Luke 12. But God said to him, fool, this night, listen to this, your soul is required of you. And the things you prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and not rich toward God. He says, listen, here's the danger of living a life that is about life and possessions. 
Listen, he says, because your soul's going to be required. Right? I mean, he says, this life is not all there is. You have an eternal soul. You're an eternal being, which explains why Jesus came in the first place. He came to rescue you, to deliver you, to bring you into God's kingdom, to bring you out of this kingdom and into the eternal kingdom. And Jesus says, listen, guys, you've got to know, you've got to guard against the things of this world. Why? Because you have an eternal soul. And there's going to be a demanding and accounting of your soul. That's what he says, verse 22. And then he kind of turns to his disciples and he says, verse 22 of Luke 12, Therefore, therefore, he says, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, that you, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you'll put on. For life is more than food and the body more than clothing. I think Jesus is saying, listen, guys, therefore. Therefore, since life is not about possessions and therefore, since your soul is going to be required, I tell you, look what he says, do not be anxious about your life, your body, right, food, clothing. Again, Jesus is just meeting general needs, right? He's using money here as an example of something that we all struggle with that we can begin to make application further. And hopefully we'll do that as time moves forward. But listen, Jesus is saying, therefore, guys, don't be anxious about your life. No, he's not saying here, look, he says, don't worry about what you'll eat or about your food or clothing. He's not telling us, say, listen, if you're sick, you shouldn't take medicine, right? Because that means you'd be anxious and you're worried about your body and I'll take care of it. Or he's not saying, listen, you know what? Since God will provide clothing, you shouldn't go out and get a job and provide for your kids. He's, he's not saying any of that. He's trying to help us realize uh, a principle maybe of first priority. He's saying, listen, if you get me and the kingdom right, everything else will be all right. If you would just seek me, and he's going to say it in a minute, if you'll just seek me, right, Matthew 6 and 33, seek first my kingdom, my righteousness, everything else will be added to you as well. But Jesus is not saying, listen, just sit on the sideline and do nothing. That's not at all what he's teaching here. He's trying to help them. He's going to show them and real, help them realize, listen, I'm going to meet your greatest need, and therefore you can rely upon me to meet every other need. So live your life trusting in me, hoping in me. So anxiety, again, reveals the fact we think too little about God and His kingdom. And we think often think too much about possessions. The second thing I think we see with anxiety is this, that it minimizes how much God loves us. So anxiety, listen, it not only thinks too little about God and His kingdom, anxiety reveals the fact that we don't often understand or know how much God truly loves us. So let Jesus teach us. He says in verse 24, consider the ravens. In verse 27, he'll say, consider the lilies. Look at his, listen to an example. Consider the ravens, verse 24 of Luke 12. They neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn. And yet, listen to what he says here. What's God do? God feeds them. And look what he does. He applies it to you. Of how much more value are you than the birds? Look down to verse 27. Consider the lilies. How they grow, they are neither toil nor spin. All right, he says, listen, the flowers don't get out there and think, oh, how are we going to do this? I tell you, though, he says, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God, look what God does here. God clothes the grass, just like he feeds the birds, which is alive in the field today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven. He says, listen, it's temporary. God takes care of even the temporary grass and the flower of the field. Look what he says here. Of how much more... Will he clothe you? 
says, listen, he's using an example of from the lesser to the greater, right? Like, listen, if God takes care of the birds, the air and the deer that you see, and he takes care of the squirrels and he provides for the trees and he provides for the grass and he provides for the flowers. And you were made in his image. How much more important are you to him than the flowers of the field and the birds of the air and the grass? He says, listen, I want you to know your God will take care of you. That's what he says to them. Oh, you of little faith. Anxiety. Listen again, guys. Anxiety is ultimately a failure to trust in how much God loves us. He's saying, guys, listen, have faith. Know that my God, my Father, your God and Father, He loves you. He cares for you. He will meet your needs. And do not seek, He says, verse 29, and do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried. So listen, don't seek. Look, He says there again. Don't be worried. Why should we not be worried about all the things of this life? This is what he says here, verse 34. So I'll tell you why. Look what he says. All the nations of the world seek after these things. He said that's the way everybody in the world lives. Everybody you know, he says, is worried about all kinds of things. That's not to be the way with you. That's not to be the way with you. Listen, he says, I know that you're worried about so many things. You have anxiety over so many things. That's the way the world lives. They're constantly consumed with what's next. They're never, ever satisfied, no matter how good it is or how good it appears. It's never, ever enough. He says, listen, guys, I want you to know, listen. And again, I'm talking to my own soul here. I'm battling all of this internally like, man, God, I'm struggling. He says, that's the way of the world. And look what he says. Here's why. Here's what the change is. Here's why we don't have to worry. Because your father, he knows that you need them. Your God knows. He knows what you need. He cares for you. Right? He knows that you need them. Like, listen, Mary, like, I, I know, Mary, you're worried. You're greatly troubled at what this announcement might be, mean. But listen, Mary, I want you to fear not. For you have found favor with God. And listen, the Most High is going to come upon you and you're going to conceive and you're going to bear a son and his name will be Jesus. And guess what, Mary? I know that you're worried, but your son, he's going to be great. And he's going to be so great that he's going to sit on the throne of his father, David. He's the one that everybody's been waiting for. He's going to rule over the house of Jacob. That speaks of Israel. He's going to actually, this is the ultimate shepherd king that's coming. And in fact, he's going to have a kingdom, Mary, that will never, ever end Mary, don't be afraid. Mary, don't worry. Might we also hear today? Man, my father, he already knows what I need. And he knew that my greatest need ultimately was salvation. And he sent his son to provide and meet that need. Will he not meet the other needs and worries you have? Now listen, beloved, listen, this is something that you're going to have to war at day by day. And this is also a moment, listen, God just reminded me of this. This is a reminder why we need the church. Do you know that people in the church have the gift of faith? Now we all have faith, but specifically Paul writes and says there are some people in the church that have the gift of faith. And here's what will happen when you're around those people. Everything seems hopeless and helpless and they'll say, but God... 
I mean, your situation looks over and done with, and this person will just come along and, and man, and just in, listen, it's a, a humble way, right? I mean, they're exercising a gift, and so it'll come across in a humble way. Listen, I know that it seems hopeless and helpless, but I, God can do this, right? Like, I mean, like, he parted the seas. He's the God who walks on water. He's raised the dead. I mean, this is a God who who rescued you from death and the grave on the cross. He rescued you from the judgment of God. Listen, I, I know it seems impossible. So again, this is a reminder why we so desperately need the church. And, and oftentimes with anxiety and worry, it can cause you to seclude yourself away from others. Just kind of back away, right? Because you think, man, I don't I know nobody else wants to hear me again. They always think, oh great, here comes Eeyore. Everybody get out of the way, right? I mean, some of you feel that way. And so because of that, you just want to get over and, and just stay under your cloud I want to encourage you today, come to the cross, and I hope and pray that when you're at the cross and you're meeting Christ, that the beloved church is around you saying, we are with you, brother. We are with you, sister. We love you. Why? Because we have a Father who knows what you need. So don't worry. Scribble down, if the Father is faithful to meet our greatest need, salvation, will He not be faithful to meet every other need? Third and last, anxiety provides an opportunity for faith. Here's the reality is, listen, your anxiety moments or worry moments can lead you into sin. They can lead you away from the cross. But I want you to know that the things that you are worried about today, money, finances, relationships, health, right? I mean, things that you're dealing with in major ways, big ways, I want you to know that it's also a opportunity to exercise faith, trust in God. And that's where Jesus takes us here last. Instead, he says, verse 31, right? Instead, instead of worrying, guys, instead of living like the world, here's what you are to do. Seek his what? His kingdom. And these things will be added to you, right? Matthew 6 and 33. Seek first the kingdom. Right again, what's... What's the kingdom? It's God's rule and reign over all things. So listen, he says, that area of your life that you are so worried about, that is causing you not to be able to sleep, that is some of you, you can't eat because of it. Some of you, I mean, listen, it's just closing around you, suffocating. He says, listen, if you'll just seek my kingdom, I can rule and reign over that great worry in your life. I am so great. Listen, you were not made to shelter that. You're not strong enough. You don't have the mental faculties to do it. You're not determined enough. I want you to know, though, listen, I am. I am. I am the great I am. So if you'll just come to me, I want you to know, just seek my kingdom and say, God, that means you're ruling reign over this. I don't know where this relationship goes. I don't know what happens with this diagnosis, Lord. I don't know where I can go right now with what I'm facing and death seems near. It's looming or, or God, this financial crisis is about to take us under. I don't know. But God, right now, I'm just saying I'm coming under your rule and reign. And so wherever this leads, God, I just want to know that you're with me. Instead, he says, seek his kingdom, seek God's rule and reign, and these things will be added to you. And some of you here, you say, Blake, that sounds so awesome, but man, I'm just not sure. Listen to Jesus, this is beautiful. Verse 32, it's almost like he just whispers. Fear not, little flock. Fear not. I know you're small, I know you feel weak, I know you feel insignificant, powerless. Fear not, little flock. Wow, look what he says. For it's the 
your father's good pleasure to do what? To give you the kingdom. Fear not, Mary. For you have found favor with God. Fear not, little flock. For you have found favor with God. Fear not, worry not, little flock. I'm with you. It's God's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Right? It's in a moment of encouragement to all of our faith. All of our faith falters. All of us are weak. All of us stumble. All of us. But we hear from Isaiah 40. But those who hope in the Lord shall renew their faith. They shall soar on wings like eagles. They shall walk and not grow weary. They shall walk and not be faint. Why? Because not of who they are, but because of who God is. So he says, listen, guys, I want you to know if he's given us the greatest thing, will he not also give us all these lesser things? He's given you, look at it again. He says, he's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He's given you Christ. It is God's good pleasure to invite you into a kingdom with no more death, no more disease, no more sickness, no more demons, no more sin. He has done and secured all of that in Christ and it's God's good pleasure to share that with you by repentance and faith in the Son. And then this moment of collision now happens. Listen to this. We'll make our closing application here. Verse 33 of Luke 12. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Now what Jesus does here is, 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 is really cool. He's just spent a ton of time talking to people that are worried about clothing and food, right? I mean, I mean, if you've been to third place, third, third world countries, you know, water, right? I mean, these are realistic needs. As Americans, this, this text, let's be honest, it sounds pretty out in right field. They're like, I don't, I don't. So we need to make some application for us. But if you've been other places, you know full well, like, those are legit worries. Like water. Clean water, especially. Right? Clothing. Food. Right? You've been there. Some of you have been on those rice and bean deliveries. Right? I mean, they warn you, be careful at the end. When it realizes that it's running out, that last few people that you give to, they are liable to get beat and mugged right there for those rice and beans. Because they realize there's nothing else coming off that truck and they're now walking home with it. You've just made them a target. That's how real it is in other places. We don't know that here in the Estados Unidos. But you travel outside this nation in which you dwell and you will see it. But listen to what he says. Verse 33. Sell your possessions and give the needy. So again, these people who have needs, right? What did God say I will do? If you'll seek my kingdom, I'll meet every other need as well. And look what he does. He expects those who have come under his rule and reign, his kingdom, to be those who provide for the others. Sell your possessions to give the needy. Why? Because I'm going to use you to answer the needs and worries of others. You're going to be my hands and feet. Now again, Jesus is using money, but let's just maybe take a moment of application, right? Sell your possessions to give the needy. Some of you have a needy spouse at home. And it's not that they need more like gifts or money or something more. They just need your time. And so for some of you, listen, I mean, I shared the story at my dad's funeral, but listen, it's one of the biggest impacts on my life that I really don't even know. Is it a young man about the age of six or so? My dad realized that he's either going to choose between his family and farming. 
And he said, son, I had to make the decision. I realized there's no way I could come to y'all's games. There's no way I could be a part of things that were happening. He said, I got home from work and I was going to the farm and coming back late at night. And I realized your mother is raising the kids. He said, I had to come to a place. I realized I had to sell the farm if I was going to spend time with you. So maybe I might ask again, who's the needy in your family or your lives? Maybe it's a spouse and a kids. And again, maybe it's not the farm. Maybe some of you, it's your hobbies. Or the places you go and loaf after work or whatever. Your family, your spouse, your children, they need just time with you. Listen, some of you, again, the needy in you, needy with you, it's, it's in your family. Like they need some emotional love from you. They need, some of them need physical touch. And again, listen. We're going to make this application because we, we, most of us don't live in the context of thinking about, well, my, my kids don't need clothes, Blake. They don't need food. They don't need water. So the message is not for me. No, no, no. Listen, make application. Some of you have kids or grandkids or nieces or nephews that desperately need a hug or a word of encouragement or to tell them that you are proud of them. And here's the challenge. You didn't, you didn't live in that kingdom. You never heard that from your mom or your dad or your grandparents. Like that was, it just didn't happen. People didn't hug. People didn't say they were proud of each other. They didn't say they loved each other. He says, listen, I want you to know something's changing though. My kingdom is coming and I'm ruling and reigning in your life. So you don't get to make all the decisions anymore. You have needy people right around you. I want to use you. And you're going to have to sell off some of the things that you've been possessing, holding on to. That's not what we do in my family. That's not how I was raised. I get that. He says, I've come to break that. Some of you, listen, the, the possessions that you have, it's just helping other people realize that they matter. It's interaction maybe just with places like, man, we've been at Gaddy's. And I just looked over and I saw another guy who I knew his dad was battling cancer. Man, I know it's it's struggle. I know what that struggle looks like. And so God says, listen, stop filling up your drink with more lemonade and go over there for a minute and just talk. And the Spirit the whole time saying, man, how good would it feel when you were in that position if somebody walked up and prayed with you? Would you do that? He's calling you to sell your possessions, right? Like, God, I don't want people to think something in here. Like, I mean, there's all kinds of people. It's like, dude, just pray. You know what I've realized? I was walking yesterday in Walmart, and God just keeps reminding me, Blake, I reign over Walmart. You can pray with that person. You don't have to be embarrassed or ashamed. Like when you're talking to that person at the register, right? And it was just by God's grace, right? How often you go to Walmart, nobody's behind you, but it was. I said, well, hey, Merry Christmas. What do you got going? And well, actually, I'm going to be off work several way off into the first of the year. And I was kind of like, man, you're taking a lot of time off. I hope you're going to have some fun time with family. Well, not actually. I got surgery set and we're concerned that it might be cancer. And that person, they need, they need some hope. Now I've got to sell my possessions, right? Because I'm already thinking, I just need to get the stuff, get out the door, I got kids screaming. I just need to get moving. And God's just saying, listen, I want my ruling reign. I want my kingdom right now at that register with you. Pray for her right now. Do you see again? It's God's rule and reign. He wants you to sell what you think you own. Your time, your possessions, your emotions. Right? He says, listen, I want you to come and surrender all of that to me because I met your greatest need in my son. Now go and do likewise. Sell what you possess that is most valuable to you. Your time, your money, your resources and give to the needy that are all around you. And that's not just feeding people, but some of you listen. Maybe one last application. I hope some of you have been blessed specifically monetarily. 
I want you to begin considering how might you sell or leverage what God's given you to help the poor. We were reminded recently of someone who was in the need of shelter. And when they called for a safe house, there was no opening for the women because they were full. Some of you have been blessed financially. Maybe God might move you to provide or build another safe house. Or you might provide some type of housing for someone. I don't know, again, but some of you, listen again, this kingdom must invade your life. This kingdom, you say, I cannot live for this kingdom. This kingdom's temporary, but God's kingdom, that one's eternal. I want to leverage my life that way. I want to sell everything that I hold most valuable and live for that kingdom. And this is why, beloved, listen to this, and we'll just close. For the core, you guys make your way. Read it with me, verse 34 of Luke 12. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. That's it. My guess is if you're anything like me, the things that you struggle, anxiety, worry about, it probably reveals where your treasure is. I don't have every answer. I'm just going to be straight with you. I'm struggling, right? We're trying to buy a house. I'm thinking bigger, better, badder, all of it. Comes to my kids, Christmas, I struggle, right? We need to get this. Oh, man, it'd be so cool if they had that. Let's. I'm telling you, I'm here struggling today with this message. Like, ah, I don't like it. Like, I'd rather like, ah, man, I don't know. But beloved, what I'm beginning to see and probably what you've seen and experienced is the reality is the things that you're most anxious or worried about or seeking after, they just reveal where your heart is. Some of you would hear from Jesus, Matthew 10. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble at heart. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Do you want rescue from your sins? Today, come and repent and confess the name of Jesus Christ. Are you already in Christ? Where's your treasure? God's moving some of you again. There's things you're possessing that God is calling you to give up. And it's not just finances. It, it is so many other things. Would you allow again? Would you begin to pray today? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come right here. And your will be done right here in my heart, my life, my family, as it is in heaven. And remember, that kingdom indicates his rule and reign over all things. And it starts with you. Would you pray with me? Father, in the name of Jesus, we come. Draw all of us unto your son, Jesus. Today, for the anxiety and worry that we all have for so many different angles. Father, thank you that you've rescued us from our greatest fear. That is death, our greatest anxiety and worry. Could we ever be accepted by you forever? The answer is only in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray today for others here who have many things that you're calling them now to surrender. I pray that they will be obedient today to come and just say, Lord, I surrender it. Here I am. I want your rule and reign over me, my family, my marriage, my parenting, my job. Thank you for Jesus who came. Thank you for a kingdom that will never end. Thank you for a good king 
I pray today that there would be bowing in this place of hearts and lives to His King and His kingdom. In the name of Christ, I pray. Amen. This morning, would you stand? I invite you to come. Maybe just come and bow today. I know you're packing some anxieties, worries. This is Todd Young with Greensburg Baptist Church. Thank you for joining us today. If you've accepted Christ during today's podcast, we would love to hear from you and connect you with a home church in your area. Or if you have questions regarding a relationship with Christ, Brother Blake and I would love to speak with you. Please contact us at the church office at 270-932-4495 or connect with us through our website at greensburgbaptist.com. In addition, you may visit our website anytime to access the sermon videos and podcast of any recent sermon. You may also subscribe to our podcast in the iTunes store. Have a great day today.